This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Welcome back to Reset. I am your host, David McCabe. You can find me on Twitter at McCabe.io, and the website is McCabe.io. So let's get into it this week. Today, I'm going to be talking about some the Google announcements, a couple of things there. We won't go too in-depth, but we'll talk about it. I do have some follow-up for you about uh, some gadgets and devices we talked about on the past couple of shows, and I want to talk to you about water sensors. I've had a couple of issues in my home concerning water, and I think that it would be a good story to tell. You don't necessarily have to have a smart home in order to have water sensors. So let's talk about that a little bit. And lastly, before we get started, please head out to iTunes and rate this podcast. All you got to do is go out there and give it some stars. Uh, If you don't have iTunes, maybe there's an iTunes account somewhere in the house or in the office. Just search Reset, maybe even Reset Podcast. It should show up. Look for the giant paperclip logo. Uh, click ratings and reviews, give it some stars, and I would so appreciate that. It does help me reach a larger audience. Okay, let's get started. On October 4th, Google had their big show reveal. It was a hardware uh, reveal. They did, let's see if I can get all these right, they did phones, they did some connected home products, virtual reality uh, they talked about AI. They did streaming devices. They did some new Chromecasts. And they did some Wi-Fi. So let's take a couple of those. Um, since we're talking Wi-Fi, let's just talk about Wi-Fi right now. As you know, Google has released a couple of routers in the past year. They've released two different manufactured brands of routers that they call OnHub. Well, I'm kind of glad that I skipped OnHub because it was $200. So I did skip buying uh, any one of those two flavors of OnHub. But the folks that did buy it, there is something you can add to it now. And it's called Google Wi-Fi. It is a mesh product. It does work with Google OnHub router. Yet itself, it is a router. So it's very similar to Luma and the Eero product. You can buy it singly for $129. You can get three for, I believe, $299. Google is going to control a lot of this for you about the handoff and getting on 2.4 or 5.8 gigahertz, as well as using what frequency at what range and jumping from point to point. There's a an app for this, and it does have similar controls that we have seen in the Luma and in the Eero where you can take a MAC address, assign it to an individual, and put some limitations 
on that individual, like pausing the internet. That's the whole big thing that we talk about, pausing the internet. That lets you know that you have a little bit of uh, family control. Now, you cannot buy this yet, but you can join a wait list. And when it is able to be purchased, they Google, they will let you know. And it's supposed to be sometime in November, I do believe, and you'll be able to buy this. So there is a single. You could buy a single if you like it. You could use it and you could buy another one to cover your home. If you don't like it, then you just, I guess you could just send it back. <laughs> Maybe I should read my own forms post in Home Server Show, but uh, order in November, delivers in December. One will cover anywhere from 500 to 1,500 square feet. Two for up to 3,000 square feet. And three upwards to 4,500 square feet of house. It has, you know, it's going to have some Google intelligence behind it, and I think it's going to be a decent product, and it's nice that it go it, it does work with the Google On Hub. I personally did not purchase this. I do have some uh, purchases from this event that I will share with you uh, when we're wrapping up here, but uh, if you did get Google Wi-Fi, I'd love to have you in the forums to tell us all about it and tell me about your experiences with that product. My gut reaction is that Eero does have quite a bit of a jump on uh, Google Wi-Fi, and it also concerns me about, um, you know, the big Google machine uh, having a product like this, whereas Eero, this is what all they do, right? All they do is networking, whereas Google ties it in to everything else that they have. However, that can be a plus because they have also released a Google, uh, it's a connected home product called Google Home. Now, they did talk about this in their summer show, which is called Google I.O., that's for developers, but this is uh, a voice-activated assistant, and they're calling it uh, Google Assistant, which is built into this thing. It's been likened to an air freshener. It does look a little funky. I don't I don't know if I'd necessarily say funky, but it's different. It's not the uh, cylinder that um, the Amazon assistant is. We're gonna have to call. Um, uh, we're gonna have to call Amazon. The keyword, the the lady who shall not be named, uh, so we don't send all of you guys' um, virtual assistants. We'll call her Reset. So your Amazon Reset. It's not a cylindrical tube. It's got some shape and flavor to it. It looks, I actually think it looks pretty neat. You can purchase bases that have different colors, so you can kind of color coordinate this in your home. And the thing is, they not only are doing the Google Assistant, but they are also heavily looking at audio. So let's talk about the Google Assistant first, because it does have some differences on the Amazon uh, product. When you're going to hear this word a lot in the coming months, context. So when you and I have a conversation, we're standing next to each other, I can say, I can ask you a question. When is When was Abraham Lincoln born? You tell me the answer. And then I ask you a second question. When was, when did Abraham Lincoln die? Well, in my household, we don't talk like that. We ask when did Abraham, when was Abraham Lincoln born? 
And then you ask, oh, when did he die? And that is context. So you're speaking about a topic and the the Google product will know that you're speaking about that product and you don't have to ask it again. The specific thing, I guess if you're asking about Tyrannosaurus rexes, you can just keep asking it questions. So I think that is uh, that is very neat context to help the, the artificial intelligence along towards conversation. I really, really do think that is uh, the, the step that Google wanted to take, and I, I think that uh, the Amazon product needs to get there as well. There's already been a huge backlash to Google about Google accounts and being big brother and always on and all this kind of good stuff. We had this same backlash with the Amazon product and Google has put a physical switch on the device. You can turn that microphone off if you would like to. So that kind of gives that just it's like a preemptive strike by Google if you don't want it listening at all times. Flip that switch. If you, you know, if you wear the tinfoil hat, just flip the switch so the thing's not on. Personally, Alexa, oh, I'm sorry. Oops. The the reset device, the Amazon reset device, here's everything in my house. And um, even when I do listen to podcasts, yes, I know it's a pain. <laughs> I listen to podcasts and it does trigger my Amazon uh, device. It's hard, guys. It's hard not to say that. We need a better keyword. Uh, Amazon reset. Okay, so let's talk about audio with this thing. There's some good and bad news for you. The good news is Google is really paying attention to audio. They want to sell their service. They want to sell you Google Play Music. The bad news is it doesn't work with Amazon Music, which I am completely ingrained into right now. Everything I own is on Amazon, and I play everything. I do all kinds of playlists and stuff via Amazon. And I wish I could do that with this one, but naturally you can't. I, I understand this is two different products. But you can also use Spotify, YouTube Music, Pandora, and TuneIn if you would like. So you can say, okay, you know, reset, play my playlist. And you can also set it to your preferenced music site. So you don't have to say... Okay, reset, play, yada, yada on Spotify. You just set it. You say, Spotify is my music provider of choice, and that's what it does from then on out. So that's really kind of cool. Now, the other thing is, is this is Google. You can Chromecast to it. So that's really cool in itself. And perhaps maybe the best feature of all, you can use this device as multi-room audio. Now, if you go look out on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash David McCabe, I've done some Chromecast audio, poor man, whole a whole home audio systems where I've taken a Chromecast. Actually, I took, I used the, uh, the Amazon device and hooked it up to my whole home uh, audio system as a source. But I was showing some folks uh, that were at my house, uh, touring my house for a meetup, 2016, I was showing them how I use a Chromecast device, which is, a, what let's just call it a $30 device, 
and a pair of $25 cheapy computer speakers. Now, they're cheap speakers, but it's got a nice little subwoofer in it, so it's a Chromecast. We're talking, let's just round it up to 50 bucks. Let's just round it down to 50 bucks. And you've got one room of audio. Well, with Chromecast, you can group multiple Chromecasts. So you could have these set all over the house and have multi-room audio, which is kind of a cool thing to have. Well, not anymore. Well, you can still do that. But with this home product by Google, you can do that with the products themselves. You could have one in each room. So not only could you talk to it in each room, but you could get the audio in each room. Really, really cool stuff. It's got it's got smarts in it, so if you're in that room, the ones in the other rooms are not going to answer. So you're not going to have two or three going at once. And we have to be mindful of that in my home. I have called one A-L-E-X-A, and I've called the other one of mine from Amazon uh, E-C-H-O. Now, E-C-H-O is my whole home audio unit, and the other one is just, it's the first... Um, first iteration of the product, it doesn't have audio out, and that's the one we use for timers and whatnot. It's in the kitchen. Good place for it. Okay, let me see if I can get this right. It will be compatible with If This Then That, Nest, of course, Smart Things, and Philips Hue. The Smart Things part about it opens it to a lot of you guys that listen to me. The If This Then That integration opens it to almost everybody. I mean, you're going to be able to do a lot of things with this little device and it's $129. You can pre-order it right now. You can go out and order it from, you can order it from Google. You can order it from Best Buy, Walmart, and Target. Now that that's pretty big guys. That is huge. It's going to be front and center to a lot of people. A lot of people. When is this thing going to ship? Oh, there's the colors. There's an orange, a blue, a purple, a silver, a black, another kind of orangey looking, and a white. Looks really nice. And I'm trying to scroll and find the ship date. I have no idea when the ship date is. It is 802.11 AC. You know what I should do? I should look at my order form because... Yes, I purchased one of these. Okay, my receipt says November 8th through November 10th is estimated delivery date. So I will take a look at this thing. I will unbox it for you, get a video of it, and I'll play around with it. I think I will. I'm just going to put it right there by the Amazon reset and just use it. I'll show the kids how to talk to it. And see how well it works. And I do, I do subscribe to Google Play Music. Now, find you may find that um, hard to believe, but I do, and I do think that you get by buying this thing, you get maybe six months free, which that comes at a large. Uh, that's a that's a that's a good deal. I mean, that is a real good deal. I'm adding it to cart. This can't be purchased with your other items. Oh, I'm breaking things. So Google Play Music. Oh, 
it's called YouTube Red. I'm sorry. YouTube Red, free for six months. Now, what YouTube Red gets you is free Google Play Music for that six months, and you get no ads on YouTube, which is so addicting. I cannot tell you how addicting that is. I absolutely love that, and I do pay the $10 to a month. This is a month to get that. So that also gets you Google Play Music. And I probably should just watch the ads. But there you have it. It it is hard to get away from um, as an Android user and someone who uses um, the Goog all the time. All right, this is going to be interesting. I can't wait to hear your feedback about uh, Google Home and all the other cool stuff that's coming out. They have got 4K Chromecasts, which I did not purchase one of those. They've got their new phones called Pixel. There's a 5-inch and a 5.5-inch. Um, a little funky looking, but I couldn't help myself. I do have the Nexus 6P on Project Fi, so I went ahead. The thing is, with Project Fi, you are able to finance it 0% financing, and you put it on a credit card and it just pays for it. You don't have to worry about missing a payment, getting any kind of credit card or any kind of crazy stuff like that. And you are able to order it straight from your Project Fi portal, which is awesome. And this is the way cellular service should be. And I do have some notes about having an entire episode on Fi. Uh, It won't be that long, but um, I ordered the larger Pixel. I ordered the 5.5 inch. I'm excited to get it because I have the 6P right now. It is a tad big, but it has a lot of bezel. I really got spoiled by the LG product, which has very little bezel. Tap to wake on the screen and the button on the back, which I really enjoy. And I'm going to see how I like this 5.5 inch screen on this uh, on the on the Pixel. I got the 128 gig. It is on Project Fi, so they do send you a brand new SIM card to pop in. I will have a 6P standing by if I don't like this thing. If I don't like it, I'm going to send it back. They made a lot of claims about the camera on this phone, which concerns me because it doesn't have optical image stabilization, and its aperture is a little... Uh, let's see, camera speak, larger, smaller. <laughs> it's a little smaller than others, so it doesn't let in as much light. But supposedly, they've got it figured out. It doesn't need OIS, and it doesn't need the uh, the larger aperture. So we'll see. If it doesn't, I'm going to just test it. I'm going to test it with my 6P. If it's not a great improvement, and I don't just love it, I'll probably entertain sending that back. Now, in purchasing that phone, I get the brand new Google Daydream View, which is a Google headset that looks like it's covered in... uh, Everybody's talking about carpet, but it doesn't look like carpet whatsoever. It looks like cubicle... Like cubicle carpet. You know the stuff on the side of cubicle walls? It looks like that. Just It's kind of grayish, carbon gray. So cubicle wall, that's what it reminds me of. So it's the headset that you slap the phone into and you do all the virtual reality stuff. The cool thing is it does come with a remote. 
So it's got a cool remote, and I can't wait to play with that. You get that free if you order the uh, phone, and I did order that via uh, the Fi app. So that is $79, and that's a nice little benefit from Google. So thanks, Goog. All right, let's do some updates. I want to talk, uh, I've got a couple of little updates for you from past shows. And the last show we were talking about the Synology RT1900AC, which is a router and Wi-Fi products. And the coolest thing that I want to update you about is I was talking to you last podcast about a firmware update and I was staring at it on my screen, but I hadn't applied it. So one of the changes was they relocated certain system-related functions to a completely different section to kind of decrease what you're seeing on your screen. So when you go into the uh, web admin for this router and you go into, let me get the exact name of it, it's called Network Center. There's a lot of configuration. I mean, there's a lot. So they moved all the system-type configurations to a different icon called Control Panel. So it's really kind of neat. So you can manage your users, uh, storage, notifications, uh, firmware updates. And uh, I I told you about the LEDs that you can uh, turn on and off, which that's really kind of cool. And all of that is available in a different location. So I really liked that update. And there were some other changes that they applied in this firmware version. But you can uh, take a look at those. All you got to do is go out to Synology site and uh, take a look at the downloads for the 1900 AC. And you can see all about that. Now, also on a previous podcast, we talked about Ecobee 3, the thermostat. Well, someone was digging around the FCC and found that Ecobee has some photos of a new device. And it looks like it's going to be like a light device. And by light, I mean L-I-T-E, as not as feature-rich as the Ecobee 3. Which, that could be really cool for a lot of you guys. And I have a spot where I could use a thermostat. And I didn't want to go ahead and, you know, pay upwards of 250 to $300 for a location that we barely use, which is my basement. But it would be nice to see it on my phone. Now, the Ecobee Lite looks like it doesn't have a touch screen. It looks like it the screen may have very minimal information on it, and it may be a remote device, too. So not a whole lot is known about it, but I just want to throw that out there if you're considering an Ecobee. Go ahead and buy the main one, your main floor. You're going to want that touch screen. But maybe... If you have a basement like mine, you don't use it a whole lot, Ecobee Light would be great. All right, now before we start talking about water sensors, there's an OMG moment, and that is Netgear Arlo is now compatible with SmartThings. Now that's an OMG moment for me. That's that's big. I've always been a big fan of the Arlo. I love how the I love the package and the system. I just the only thing I've not liked about this system is I cannot store the files locally and I couldn't get it on my smart things. But now you can get it on your smart things and you can see live feeds and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So 
I may be in the market just, I may just get a base station and a single camera to test it and to see how that works. Uh, man, that looks good. I, I can't, I tell you, I'm tempted. I am really tempted. I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, let's talk about it. Uh, we can talk about it in the homeautomationforums.com. And there's also a lot of camera talk at homeservershow.com. I'll get, I'll get these forums merged. How about we do that? We'll get these forums merged so we don't have to do all that. But I want to hear how you're using Netgear and Arlo together and what you think. So that'll be real neat. We need to have a camera episode soon. Okay, let's talk about some water sensors and a little bit of water detection in your home. I'm going to talk about three different types. Two are Z-Wave and can be used with uh, hubs like SmartThings. And one is independent of a hub, which is a Wi-Fi sensor. So let's start with, let's just start right there. Let's start with the Wi-Fi sensor. I'm talking about the D-Link DCH S160. That's a mouthful. Just Google D-Link water sensor. And you'll find it. It is a plug-in module, so it takes AC power. So wherever you're going to be detecting water needs to be within... I would say three to five feet of the AC plug. Where are you going to plug this in? Now, that is the link that comes in the package. You can, however, use a regular four-wire telephone cord. I'm not sure the length at which you can use it. I've seen reports of upwards to 30 feet, but I don't... I mean, honestly, that just seems kind of... I don't know. I would not do that in my house whatsoever. I would find a different way. The best place, if you can imagine this uh, plug-in module, it's, it's nice and round. It's white. It has a light on the front to let you know it has a WPS button on the side. And the cord comes out of the bottom as like a telephone jack cord. And then after several feet, it turns into the actual sensing cord. The sensing cord is a small round cord that is interwoven with a metal filament, and anytime water comes in contact with that filament, it is going to sound the alarm. I've tested these. I have YouTube videos on these. They work very well. Think of I, the best place that I think to put this. Think of your washing machine area. You usually have a an AC plug for your dryer, and there's room for another one. Now, my current home only has a single plug on the wall with AC with one AC plug, and it's dedicated to the dryer. You're not supposed to use an extension cord with a dryer, so don't try to split and uh, run two things at once. That's not not safe. So I'm not running one there, but it is good for that. The other thing you can uh, look around in your house is maybe in your basement where there is water equipment, maybe your water softener. There, it could be a plug around there somewhere where you could uh, lay this out and detect water on the floor. The other area is if maybe you had a garbage disposal under your sink and there is a plug under your sink. Now, sometimes... Those are switched plugs, so the switch on the top activates both outlets, so you have to be wary of that, but um, see what kind of power setup you have 
under your sink. There is an app, uh, my D-Link Home app, that runs all of you know their uh, motion sensors, their uh, smart plugs, and these water sensors. It's not the greatest app in the world, but it allows you to get it done. You connect to it via Wi-Fi. There's no Bluetooth connection, and the the current one that I'm talking about. This maybe in the future that would be kind of cool. So you have to connect to it via Wi-Fi as a hotspot, and then you are able to set that up. With the app, you can set up notifications. You can also use IFTTT, if this, then that, to get some other kind of interactions. Maybe you want to flash a light. D-Link also has a siren. So if you use the D-Link app, you could say, hey, if you get a water intrusion, go ahead and roll the siren too. Because maybe you're not around your phones or whatnot. So there are lots of options for these. I'm seeing them on Amazon right now at $60 each. I have seen these cheaper. I need to figure out how to do that price checking thing for uh, for Amazon. I swear to God, I've seen these cheaper and maybe even on sale at some point. Totally recommend these, but you have to make sure you know the spot you're putting them in before you go to the store and buy two or three of these because they are expensive, 60 bucks. But 60 bucks compared to 6000 on water damage is a no-brainer, folks. you got to have water detectors and sensors in your house. Okay, now on to Z-Wave. So Z-Wave we can use with smart things, Vera, uh, Iris. There's a couple other plug uh, or actually platforms you can use these things with. Now the first water detectors that I purchased, I got at Lowe's. They were designed for Iris, but they're Z-Wave, so you can use them with smart They are made by a company called Everspring, and it is a module that is battery-operated, so keep that in mind. It hangs on your wall, and there's um, it comes with screws, so if you have, like, I put these in the basement, so there are exposed studs. You just drive a little screw in there, hang it up, and it, I think it's, if I remember correctly, it's three or four AA batteries. It's three, actually. And it has a beep in it, so it has a small tone in it, but this tone is not going to wake you up in the middle of the night. But it also, it's Z-Wave enabled, so you can put some smarts behind that as well. It has a fairly long cable leading down to two metal prongs. They're actually like pokey-looking prongs that need to be in the water. So you're going to have to make sure you use the... Uh, it comes with little support devices that you can screw in the wall or stick on the wall, and it will uh, support the wire going down the wall, and as well as the pronged connector that connects to the floor. Two little prongs. Just hold out your index finger and your middle finger, and as like a two, point them downward. That's what it looks like. It's two little prongs. You just, I actually touch them to the floor, and if water uh, washed by on that on that floor, it would trip. Now I use these two, I have two by the way, Um, I use these in my basement where I have a sewer pit where all the waste products collect and then get pumped out to the street and also a sump pit where water can collect. So these are, these two pits have a lid and I have the little pokies right at the lid and I don't really have them affixed to the wall. But it does come with little plastic connectors and stuff to help you fit this to your uh, application. 
I have found that they work with smart things very well. Uh, back in the day, version one hub, I found that after I tested it, it would take a long time to clear. By clear, I mean it would take a long time to go from a wet state back to the dry state where it wasn't annoying you, right? So it is now better. I can go up there, uh, lick my two fingers and hold the two prongs and it will go to wet. And also it will come back to dry almost immediately. I don't know if that was something I was doing wrong or if that is still a problem. But I found these to be uh, fairly reliable and they also, in smart things, it'll tell you if the battery is getting low as well. These things are at Amazon for 35 bucks. They're a prime item. They work fairly well. Again, you need to know the applications that you are going to place these different devices. Now, let's talk about the one I like the most. I'm a smart things guy. So, of course, I'm going to be more favorable to the smart things sense water sensor. But that's not because I'm just diehard Samsung and diehard uh, smart things. I like this little device because of its portability. And let me tell you about it. So it's about a two inch long package, about a one inch wide package. It has a top that pulls off where you can place the battery in. It is battery operated, not AC powered. It pairs fairly quickly with the smart thing set up and it has two little metal prongs underneath the device. So you have to lay it flat on the floor. You cannot lay it on its side. Lay it flat on the floor. Water will run up under it and it will connect to these two little sensors and it will alarm. Now by alarm I mean it will alert the smart things hub and then alert your phone. Of course you can put smarts behind it to do many other things if you would want to. You can even buy a water main shutoff valve to have that uh, closed if you did get a water alert. Now you can test this thing by simply licking just a, your index finger and placing it over to the two contacts. The two contacts do not stick out very far, but they do get fairly close to the ground and to, or to the floor or whatever you're placing this on, and they do work very well. Case in point, um, I had a, a friend over and we were standing at in my kitchen. I mean, we were literally, literally standing in my kitchen and I had some help cleaning the house and the cleaner just left and I got a water alert, kitchen sink, uh, water detected. I'm like, really? I'm standing two feet from it. This is crazy. So I open the two doors and I reach back past all the pine saw and the cleaners and to grab the sensor and I pulled the sensor out of a puddle of water. It alerted me and I'm like, how did this happen? So I sop up all the water because there was nothing flowing and I looked at all the pipes and all the connections and whatnot and finally figured out that the cleaners had pulled, it's one of those sink handles or spigots, I guess you would say, that you can pull out and you know, spray around if you wanted. You could spray the whole house with it if you wanted to. But what they had done is accidentally squirted the water back onto the hose itself. That hose took the water from around the sink area and let it travel under the sink back down to where the pipes are. If you have one of these sinks, I know you know what I'm talking about. 
but they obviously they just misscorted or something. And all tons of water, you know, maybe a towel full of water, traveled down and alerted the sensor. Normally, you would not be happy about such an event, but I was ecstatic because it was awesome that it, it worked. Everything was fine. I have since put uh, a couple of these around the house in my boys' sinks, and I'm thinking about putting one, I don't know, I was thinking about putting one behind each toilet as well, as well as every sink in the house. Why would I do this? Because they're only $40 on Amazon Prime. If you pay attention to sales, probably uh, in November when we have Black Friday, there's probably going to be sales on these. I got them for, I think, $30. $30. I wish, honestly, I wish I would have bought 10 of these things. They're so worth it. Now, the one thing I'm seeing is I'm looking at the sensors now in my SmartThings um, app. I'm seeing 77% battery on the kitchen sensor. I put one in about three days ago underneath my refrigerator. Yes, under my refrigerator. And it is at 88% battery. Now, one thing, these sensors also detect uh, temperature. So they do report temperature. It's 75 under my fridge right now. And it is a balmy 71 under my um, kitchen sink. So you could also put some uh, smart logics on that as well. It's under my fridge because my fridge did one of those defrost cycles and it there's a pan underneath the refrigerator fills it with water. It normally uh, evaporates with all the uh, the motors running down there, but it did not and it overflowed and there was water all over the kitchen floor. So I would like to know if that happens again and I would like to know quickly so I cannot not recommend these anymore. I think the only problem would be they do take a little bit of extra battery. I just looked up the battery. It's an E90, which that's a little short, fat, stubby battery. I got a four-pack of these for $5.91. They are prime, so I'm not terribly worried about this. Four batteries for six bucks. Always keep a little extra on hand, and in fact, I may throw some more of these in my shopping cart. I'm almost willing to bet you can find these even in a more bulk price, bulk delivery. So that's it on my three water sensors. Yes, I run all three in my home, and I have no problems in doing so. They all have their specific applications. Now, to be honest with you, I could replace the Everspring and the D-Link with the SmartThings sensor, It's just, you know, I have them, so why not use them? The biggest thing is establishing a trust relationship with your hub and your devices to make sure when they go off, you do something about it, you go look, and they're not false reporting or they're not not reporting. You know, you have to be able to trust these things. So use the ones that you're going to trust the most. But I'm right now, I'm putting my money on the smart things and it will do a push or a text and let me know and I'm going to come running major areas where I have water equipment like my basement I'm putting a camera so I can go ahead and take a peek and see what's going on down there all right if you have any questions please let me know you can tweet me at McCabe IO 
And you, of course, you can go out into the many forums that I operate, homeservershow.com or home automation forums, and we can talk about this stuff there. Now, I want to share with you what I'm reading. I got two stories for you today. I'm going to just give you the titles and let you go out there and take a look at these. How to Win at Rock, Paper, Scissors. This is great. I love this read. Go take a look at this. How to Win at Rock, Paper, Scissors. You know, How do you do it? Do you go rock, paper, scissors, shoot like that? Or do you do it some other different way? That's kind of how we do it at our house. And uh, we have good fun with that. Also, something that is near and dear to my heart, which is a reference to Seinfeld, is, is it safe to double dip? I'm not going to spoil it for you. I want you to go read this article. It's I, I didn't write this. This is stuff that I'm reading. But is it safe to double dip? And how unsanitary is it actually? I mean, come on. Go read it. Have fun with it. Share it around. Thanks for listening to Resets. I'm your host, David McCabe. I'll see you here next week. This has been Reset, a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash davidmccabe, and on Twitter at mccabe.io. Intro and outro music by Der Lee. Find it at soundcloud.com slash music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash David McCabe and by using davesamazon.com. That's a site that forwards you to Amazon and all your Amazon purchases help pay for the servers and the software that make this podcast hum right along. Thank you for your support and I'll see you next week on Reset.